Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? Welcome to WGN Radio Theater. Special three-hour presentation. And your hosts, Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, it's Thanksgiving night. It is uh, 10.06. And it's uh, also program 443 in the series, Lisa. Well, I'm excited to be here on Thanksgiving night. Wow, it's feel, it feels like a Saturday, but it's not. It's Thursday. Yeah, it feels like Thanksgiving right? to me. We, they asked <laughs> us to do a special Thanksgiving holiday-type program. We were so happy that they asked us, and we're here. We're going to bring you three hours of classic radio. And I'm going to tell you something, Lisa. The first show we're going to air is a Thanksgiving episode of suspense. You do not want to miss this show. We'll play it uninterrupted. After that, Fibber McGee and Molly, and then a good Richard Diamond private detective episode. The the Fibber McGee and Molly and Richard Diamond are Christmas shows, so we're going to start getting into the Christmas spirit with these classic radio shows. We will also be playing Guess That Song every hour and giving away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate every hour. Wow. And just as one quick update, in case you missed our Facebook page and all the hoopla going on this week, yeah. we our new weekend schedule has come out and we will be on every Saturday night for five hours from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Hang on, what time? Saturday. I gotta write that down. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make sure. I want to make sure I get here on so time. So we're going to be starting an we hour start earlier. We're going to be ending an uh, hour earlier and ending an hour later. We're so happy to five be with straight you. hours. Five straight on hours Saturday? every Saturday night. <laughs> we won't be here Sunday, but we're really, really happy to have the same five hours all on Saturday night. With You're going to get you. a lot of classic radio on Saturday night and a lot of Lisa and Carl. Too. All right, sounds good. <laughs> okay, we're going to play our game, Cats. Pride, guess that song, and is it Christmas shows? Well, we're going to... It's music. Here's what we're doing. It's Christmas music, but from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, oh. from the golden age of radio era. Wow. Okay. So see how I threw that holiday thing in and there. And you're good, Lisa. Yeah, I That's know. That's why I get paid the big, oh, big I dollars. I know. I know. And of course, we will be giving away a $25 gift certificate for Lou Malnati's. All right. And a little later, I'm going to ask you how the turkey was that you okay. cooked. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get we'll get the update on the turkey. <laughs> okay. All right. But first, we're going to ask for caller number five. You can call right now. 312-981-7200. We'll be right back. Guess That Song. We have a special Christmas edition of Guess That Song. We have Mark on the phone to play the game. Hi, Mark. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hello, Carl. Hey, Mark. We're doing great. We're happy to be here. Glad you made it through. Uh, again, these are Christmas songs from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Now, some of these songs have been redone much more recently, but this is the origin of these songs. So we're going to play the first one right now. It is from 1952. That's all you get. What, what? do you think? That's it? Yeah. Man, that, you're stingy. Because that was that's that's the name of the song. Do you know that one, Mark? Of a white Christmas. No, it's not. It's not white Christmas, Is Carl. It, I'll be home for Christmas? No. It's the I want, it's I. I want Come on, what did I see? My Christmas. Uh, let's play two it. Front Ashley. Teeth. Ashley, let's play it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't just get this one. I, Special mommy kisses uh, 
That's a great tune. It's from 1952 by Jimmy Boyd, and he was 13 years old when he recorded this song. I sure hope that Santa was actually... uh the daddy dressed up as Santa Claus. Otherwise, mm, not uh, good. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have to use your imagination on that uh. one. <laughs> All right, we've got another one. This is from 1953. Let's hear a few seconds of the second song. Boom 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 boom. Oh, this one I know. I know this one. Um, but I'm gonna talk. To- Mark, do you know this one? No, I'm going to have to uh, go over to Carl. All here. right, Carl. Now, this one, I'm almost positive. <laughs> Do whatever you almost. say. Almost. I'm almost positive okay. it's... Um, <laughs> I just had it. Oh. Uh, uh, Santa Baby. There it is. Eartha Kitt, Santa yeah. Baby. Boom, Let's hear it. Santa Baby. Just slip a sable under the tree. It's a great tune. So Eartha yeah. Kid is singing about how she's been good all year and expects some very expensive gifts yeah. like a, a fur coat, a new coat, a, even a yacht. So well, here's those the are thing. some big gifts. I don't so know. she played Catwoman, you know, on Batman. And Earth so, I'm, so I'm sure that uh, Bruce Wayne he could afford to give her all that stuff, right? <laughs> I guess right, Mark. Where are we here? Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, it doesn't matter. You know, it's tough. These are these are old songs. That you know, it's a great tune, and it's nice to play it again. You are the big winner. You've won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for twenty five dollars. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, our favorite here. You can find one of their forty plus Chicago land locations, or of course, order online at LouMalnati's dot com. Thank you so much for playing the game, and thank you for spending your Thanksgiving evening with Way us. To be here. Mark, thanks a lot, Thank buddy. You Thank Take you. Take care. Have a great night. All right. Mark's a big winner. All right. We have a text in line, 312-981-7200. We love getting your text. We'll be here till 1 o'clock in the morning, around three hours here. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have an incredible classic radio Thanksgiving mystery show to start out in just a minute. Then uh, in our second hour, it's a Christmas show on Fibber McGee and Molly. And then in our third hour, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, and uh, Dick Powell and the whole gang present their version of A Christmas Carol. And again, we will not be breaking these shows, so we're going to play the whole show in its entirety, which is uh, really exciting for us here. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, this first show... As I said, now we we actually played this, I think, a couple of years back, um, but it is one of the best suspense episodes of all time. It was actually written by Ray Bradbury, and it stars little Margaret O'Brien. She's the lead in here. Also, Agnes Moorhead is heard, and I'll tell you who she plays a little later. I don't want to ruin anything. This is from November 25th, 1948. It is a Thanksgiving episode. Here is, uninterrupted now, an episode called The Screaming woman on suspense in just a moment autolite presents suspense starring margaret o'brien over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go the horse knows the way to carry the sleigh why hap hap that's not the way to sing hurrah for thanksgiving day what are you telling me harlow wilcox why no no hap this is the way it goes today over the river and through the woods and never mind the snow grandpa is happy with his jalopy his battery's never low 
Over the river and through the woods, blow high ye winds, blow low. The car's as snappy as Grandma and Pappy, with an Autolite stay full, you know. But Harlow, Why, you not... see, Hap, Autolite stay full batteries have changed a lot of things today. Harlow isn't anything sacred anymore. It's Thanksgiving Day. Let's listen to Margaret O'Brien on Suspense. at 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Margaret O'Brien in Anton Leder's production of The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'm Margaret Leary, and I've got to tell you how it happened. It was Thanksgiving Day, and it was nice and sunshiny. Almost like summer, except cooler. Mama was cooking the turkey, and I was watching. And Mama said to me, Good heavens, I forgot. Your Aunt Cynthia's made some cranberry relish for us. Run over and get it, Margaret, so her feelings aren't hurt. And hurry, this turkey's done to a turn. So I ran to Aunt Cynthia's. And on the way back, I took a shortcut through Mr. Kelly's lot. It's a big lot, more like the side of a hill that slides down to Monument Creek. It's a swell place to play Indians and cowboys, or explorers are hunting for treasures, because trucks dump all kinds of stuff there. Loads of dirt and junk, and even big things like old cars and big pipes and chunks of concrete. Well, this day, coming back from Aunt Cynthia's, I saw that a lot of new junk and dirt had been dumped there since Saturday. They'd even covered up our swell big concrete pipe that us kids called our fort. Covered it clear up. I was looking around to see where it used to be when, all of a sudden... I stopped and listened. The sound was coming up out of the ground. A woman was buried under the junk and dirt and glass, and she was screaming all wild and horrible for somebody to dig her out. I started to run. I fell down and got up and ran some more. It was an awful, awful long way to our house that day. Mama! Mama! Margaret? Mama, Mama! Oh, Margaret, haven't I told you not to slam the door? Is that the relish? Listen, Mama, there's a screaming woman in the lot. Wash your hands, Margaret. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. Mama, listen to me. We've got to dig her out. She's buried under tons and tons of dirt. I'm sure she can wait till after dinner. Oh, next year, I swear I'm going to buy a bigger platter. Mama, don't you believe me? You've got to believe me. Margaret, I've got a million things to do. Good gosh, look at you. How'd you get your knees so dirty? Well, when he back from the lot, I... Never mind. Scoot and tell your dad we're about to eat. He's in the front room reading his paper. Yes, Mama. Daddy! Oh, Daddy, I've got to tell you something. Getting hungry, baby? Daddy, there's a screaming woman in the lot. I never knew a woman who didn't. Mmm, smell that turkey. We've got to pick, get picks and shovels and dig her up, like for an Egyptian mummy. Oh, Daddy! Well, I don't feel much like an archaeologist today, Margaret. I can't think of anything but food. Let's have an expedition next Sunday and dig her up. But we can't wait that long. Oh, Daddy, she'll die if we don't do it now. I'll give you some money. Oh, so it's a business proposition. Well, how much do you pay by the hour? I've got five whole dollars. It took me a year to save. <laughs> Come here, Puss. You know I'm touched. Oh, but Daddy, You want I... me to play with you, and you're willing to pay me for my oh, but... time. 
idea. You're shaking. Calm down. Oh, Daddy, please. After our Thanksgiving dinner, I'll come out and listen to your screaming. Oh, but... How's that? Oh, no, now, Daddy. Maybe she'll die if you don't come out now. Oh, you've got to come now. Margaret. If you believe me, you wouldn't wait. You never believe me. Mama doesn't believe me. Ma Nobody Margaret, believes me. quiet down right this minute. Oh, or but... I not only won't go with you, but you go to your room and stay in without your Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, is that clear? Yes, sir. It's clear. <laughs> like Thanksgiving, almost next best to Christmas, but that was an awful one. Dinner was a million years long. Everybody moved so slow, like a slow motion movie. Forks and knives and spoons moved slow, and Dad's cheek muscles moved slow when he chewed. I'm try to make things faster. Margaret, you heard your mother now. Don't eat so fast. But Daddy... The screaming woman, we've got to hurry. My dear young lady, this is Thanksgiving dinner, an occasion when we do not hurry. Oh, I intend to eat four or five helpings of everything until I can't eat anymore. And I'm going to make an extra effort and find room for pumpkin pie, a few walnuts, stuffed dates. Oh, please, please, Daddy. Now, if you pester me anymore, if you mention her again, this screaming what's-this, I won't go out with you to hear a recital at all. I understood? Yes, sir. It's understood. I wanted to yell. Oh, please, rush, get up, run around, come on, hurry. But I had to sit still, while out there in the lot with the sun shining down, all alone with nobody to hear or to help her, was the screaming woman. I could hear in my mind, screaming. Mom and Daddy couldn't hear. They just kept on eating and talking. Well... Now that I can be thankful for a full stomach, I guess we should consider what other things we have to be thankful for, hmm? Well, we're all healthy. Prices are sky high, but we're not in debt. Mm. Yet. Those are mundane things, my dear. I'm thankful for my big daughter. Right, Puss? Yes, Dad. And for my loving wife, who is still the most romantic woman I know. Oh, silly. I'm thankful I didn't marry somebody else. You nearly married Dora Lampell. Even gave her a ring. No, I never meant a thing. No one... No. You're the only one who's been the serious competitor since we were all kids. Oh? There's only one. One oh. other. Helen Nesbitt. Oh! <laughs> yeah, Helen was my first love. When she was about as old as Margaret, I gave her a present one Christmas, and she gave me one, I still have it. Oh, that paperweight on your desk. Mm -hmm. Funny how we hang on to things that were important when we were kids. Daddy. Just a little longer, boys. Warm up my coffee, will you, dear? You know what I'm thankful for, dear? Seriously. That we stayed here in the same town where we grew up. Here you are, dear. Thank you. The same friends. Even the same street. Mm, it's been a peaceful life. Not very exciting, but... Daddy! Margaret finds it pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. You better take her out to the lot before she collapses. All right, now, where is your screaming woman? Lead me to her. Over here, where our fort used to be. Fort? The big concrete pipe. It's all covered up now. Mm, Kelly's really getting this lot filled in. All right, where's the lady? Uh, right about here, Daddy. Listen. 
Don't hear a thing. Except the wind. Better button up your sweater, Puss. Shh. Listen. Well, that's the trolley over on Aspen Street. Hey, there. Screaming woman. Hey. Hmm. Looks like the Dolans are starting out for a drive. Well, I guess your screaming woman's let you down, Puss. But she was here, Daddy. Right under here where they dumped all this dirt. I heard her screaming and screaming like she was underneath the fort. Somebody's dumped tons and tons right on top of our fort. Yeah, too bad they buried your fort, Margaret. I saw two of Kelly's big trucks backed in here last evening. There was a dump truck in here this morning, too. It isn't because they covered the fort. Ah, it must be your screaming woman doesn't like grown-ups. Only delivers her solo for kids, I guess. Maybe she can't scream anymore. Well, I'm going back and take a nap. Let my dinner settle. Well, aren't you going to help me dig? Now, listen, my dear, don't you think this is a sort of a silly game? But it's not a game. Now, don't stay too long, dear. Mama probably likes some help with those dishes. Daddy! Daddy! I know I heard her scream. I know it. Oh, darn, darn, darn! You're there. You're still there. Hey, screaming woman! Why did you scream before? Why didn't you scream so Daddy could hear you? Don't just scream for me. I can't help you all by myself. Daddy! Daddy, where are you? Daddy! Daddy, she's screaming again. Right after you left, she started to scream. You've got to come back. Oh, there now. Come here. Let me feel your head. Please, Dad. Why, you've got a fever. You're going to lie down, young lady. We can't leave it down there, Dad. We just come can't. Come on, along. Come on into your room. That's right. It's awful, Dad. It's awful for her to be screaming and nobody listening. Now, nobody caring. Lie down, Post. Lie down. Now, come on. She'll choke where there isn't any more air and she'll die. Now, you're going to lie down the rest of the afternoon before you make yourself sick. No, I've got to dig. I've got to dig her up. It's all those comic books you read. Now, I forbid you to leave the house. Close your eyes now and take a nap. That's my good girl. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Margaret O'Brien in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Carl, I have a hunch you're going to give me another Autolite Stay Full Battery Thanksgiving song. No, not me, Hap. No? No, sirree. By Cornelius, I'm going to tell a Thanksgiving story. It's a fable. <laughs> Couldn't be anything else if you told it. Now, listen to this, my trigger-tongue trooper. Last year at this time, my car called me out to the garage. Well, Quite a car, too, Hap. Once a year, she overhauls me. Wow, and on Thanksgiving Day, too. Harlow, she said, I have an empty feeling, and I'm so confounded thirsty all the time, I think you ought to do something about it. I'd like to end up Thanksgiving Day with that fine, full feeling that lulls you to sleep as soon as the mince pie disappears. Well, how, my pretty, says I, can all this be accomplished? Easy, she chimes. I need to switch to an Autolite stay-full battery. Why, with an Autolite stay-full battery, I'll never be thirsty. And if you use me normally, I'll need only three drinks a year. And what's more, with the oversized electrical capacity and fiberglass insulation of that Autolite stay-full battery, I'll have more power, stay lively longer, and save you time, trouble, work, and worry. 
And Harlow, for a fellow as lazy as you are, think what all this means. (laughs) Well, when she came up with all those points in my favor, I hurried, I hastened, I hurdled till I was exhausted. And by Christopher, I got an Autolite stay-full battery and gave it to Clarissa. I call my car Clarissa. Thanksgiving morning. We took a spin, and I could tell she was happier than a penguin with skis. (laughs) Sounds like Harlow in Wonderland. Well, now, let's get back to Margaret O'Brien and the screaming woman. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Margaret O'Brien as Margaret in The Screaming Woman, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After a while, I stopped crying. I had to get back to the lot where that woman was screaming. But I was locked in. I tied a sheet to the bed and let it out the window and chinned down to the ground. Then I ran to the garage and got shovels and ran to the empty lot. The sun was almost down and it was getting cold. I started to dig fast. Hiya, Maggie. It was Dippy Smith, who was ten years old, the same as me. He goes to my school. What you digging for? For a screaming woman. She's down in the ground and I'm going to dig her up. You can help me dig, Dippy. There's an extra shovel. I don't hear nothing. I don't dig unless I hear a scream. Then listen. I don't hear nothing. Just wait. You will. (gasps) There. Did you hear it? Hey, that's okay. Do it again. Do what again? The scream. Do it again. Go on. I'll give you this Aggie to teach me to do it. Hot dog, did you get that ventriloquist book for a dime from that magic company? You got one of those tin things in your mouth? I I won't tell unless you help me dig. Okay, swell. Give me the shovel. Hot dog. And and you got to dig fast. Like this, Dippy. Boy, you think she was right under our feet. You're wonderful, Maggie. Say, that's the screaming woman's name. You must have made her up a name. Oh, sure. Her name is Wilma Schweiger, and she's a rich old lady, 160 years old, and she was buried by a crook named Spike. Come on, Dippy, dig. buried here. Well, sure. You said so, Maggie. Oh, don't you believe me? I wasn't throwing my voice. Come back, Dippy. Okay, but I'm getting tired of digging. Uh, now, look, Dippy. I'll go way over here, and then you listen. Okay. Listen. <laughs> hey, there really is a woman here. That's what I told you. Well, come on, let's dig. How's she breathing, do you think? I, I think she's in the fort. Remember? Sure. That's where she must be. Five or six of us kids could get in it so it's big enough. I sure hope it isn't just a radio or something. Well, a radio would be nice, too. Here, here. What do you kids think you'll do? Oh. Oh, oh. hello, Mr. Mr. Kelly. I'm tired of chasing you out of this lot. If one of you gets hurt, maybe your folks would sue me. But, Mr. Kelly, there's a woman screaming. You kids beat it, do you hear? Yes, sir. But listen, Mr. Kelly, don't you hear her? 
I don't hear a thing, and neither do you. Now, now beat it. Come on, Maggie. Mr. Kelly, somebody's got to dig her up. Don't argue with me or I'll phone your folks. This is my property. Do I have to put up a fence? Why should I spend money to keep people off my own property? Dippy, it's him. He's the one. Huh? He murdered Mrs. Kelly. He hit her on the head and stuck her in the fort and dumped loads of dirt on top. But she wasn't dead. She came too. Why, you saw him. He stood right there when she screamed and wouldn't pay any attention. Hey, that's right. He stood right there and lied to us. What'll we do, Maggie? There's only one thing to do. We'll phone the police and tell them to come and arrest Mr. Kelly. Fast, Maggie. Shh. Don't make a sound. Is Mr. Kelly in the house? Yes. He went right home from the lot. Yes, officer. You Mr. Kelly? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Is Mrs. Kelly at home this evening? Why, sure. Can I see her, sir? Why, sure. Hey, Anna. What's up? We got a call. Oh, good evening, ma'am. What is it? Oh. oh, I'm sorry, folks. We got a call that Mrs. Kelly was buried alive in an empty lot. Sounded like some kid calling, but we had to make sure. We always check, you know. Well, I can't understand. It's what those blasted kids. If I ever catch them, I'll break their necks. Maggie, cheese it. If Mr. Kelly telephones my dad, I'll get a licking. What'll we do about the screaming woman? What the heck with her? I'm not going near that lot again. Wait, Dippy. Huh? I know why he didn't hear the screams. Kelly's sort of deaf. Mama says he's hard of hearing. He heard us, didn't he? He heard the cop. He reads people's lips, but he couldn't hear the screaming woman because he couldn't see her. Dippy, come on. We gotta dig some more. No, sir. But we've got to. We're already in a peck of trouble over your darn old ventriloquist voice. I'm not going to get in any more trouble. No, sir. And he went off and left me alone. I wanted to crawl down under the ground with the screaming woman and die, too. It was dark now, and Dad would be hunting for me. If he found me, I'd get a licking and be put to bed. And then nobody would help the screaming woman at all. There was only one last thing to do. So I did it. To go all over the neighborhood from house to house and find out who's missing. Why, hello, dear. Hello, Mrs. Griswold. Is anybody missing from your house? Is your sister from Detroit still here? Uh, yes, she's sitting right over there by the radio. Don't you see her? Em, little Margaret Leary wants... No, I, I only wanted to see her, Mrs. Griswold. I was just wondering. I just wanted to know if she was here. Hello, Mrs. Pikes. You're looking good. I'm glad to see you're at home, Mrs. Pikes. I'm awful glad. Mr. Hyde, is your wife still here? Dora, aren't you out pretty late, Margaret? Yes. Oh, hello, Mrs. Hyde. What is it, Margaret? I just wanted to see you, Mrs. Hyde. That's all. The hours were just rolling along. 
and I rang bells and knocked and I rang bells. I was about to give up when I came to the Nesbitt's house. The house was quiet like nobody was at home, but I saw a dim, spooky light inside somewhere. So I just kept knocking and knocking. Oh! What do you want? Oh, nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. I only wanted to see Mrs. Nesbitt. She's not here. She's gone to the store. At night? Besides, it's closed today, I think. The drugstore down on Clark Street. Oh, well, then she ought to be back pretty quick. I'll come in and wait. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I'll just sit down here and wait. I sure like this rocking chair. Go right ahead and do whatever you were doing, Mr. Nesbitt. I wasn't doing anything. Oh, looks like you were packing or something with all those boxes and trunks around. Going away? No, Helen's been sorting things out, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Oh, burning it up in the fireplace. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Dad always burns our junk out in the alley. Clothes smell awful when they burn. Uh, Look, Helen may have gone on from the store to visit a friend. Well, if she doesn't come back soon, I'll leave. Yeah, I'll I'll tell her you were here. What do you want to see her about? Oh, Oh, nothing much. Hey, that's too bad. What? I guess you lost the key to that box. You had to break the lock. No, no, it was broken already. Hey, I bet you folks don't know where you are, kid. No, sir. They think I'm in bed. What friend did Mrs. Nesbitt go to visit? Oh, I don't know. what. I mean, hey, look, kid, I, I ought to tell you, she won't be back tonight. Oh? No. She went to the store, like I said, but she was going from there over to Beachwood to visit her mother on a bus. She'd be gone two or three days. Oh, that's a shame. Why? Well, Mama was expecting Mrs. Nesbitt to come over tomorrow. Maybe to sell. Hey, you, you better not tell your mother. Uh, you see, it's kind of secret about Helen going away. She, she doesn't want people to know for a while. Oh. Uh, you, you know how to keep a secret, kid? I guess so. Uh, I, I'll give you something for not telling. I'll give you a reward. Let's see. Hey, here, here's something for a kid. A doll. A doll? Yeah, <laughs> Helen was going to give it to you. I heard her say when she was sorting the stuff, she said, uh, I'll give this to the little Leary girl. Mrs. Nesbitt always calls me Margaret. Well, sure, that's what she said. Margaret, that's quite a doll. Old-fashioned. It's made of leather. Face is china or something, see? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Nesbitt. It's a reward for not saying anything about Helen being gone. Understand? Now, come on. I'll snap on the porch light. Uh, Mr. Nesbitt, did you finish your driveway? What do you mean? Did you get all the dirt hauled off to make it smooth? Sure. Sure. Now, come on. I saw your dump truck in the lot this morning and... What do you mean? Were you in the lot this morning? No, no, I I was at home. I looked out the window. Please, Mr. Nesbitt, let go of my arm. You've been playing out there today. Answer me. Oh, don't. That hurts. I wasn't playing. It's no fun now with our fort all covered up. The fort... What's that? Nothing. Nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. Tell me what you're talking about. Nothing but that old concrete pipe. You know something. That's why you came here. You've been snooping around that lot and you found out something. What do you know? I don't know anything. Let me go, Mr. Nesbitt. If you don't let me go, I'll... There! Come back! Hey, you come back, kid. I- I'll give you something else. I- I'll give you something else. Come back, kid. Come back. <laughs> 
Mr. Nesbitt yelled because I kicked and bit his hand. Then I ran, but I heard him running after me. It was dark and quiet and scary on the streets, and more scary out there in the lot. I ran straight across the place where I heard the screaming, and it was so quiet. And all of a sudden, there was a man in the lot, right in front of me. Stop, Margaret. Oh. Margaret. Oh, oh, Daddy. Margaret, where have you been? Do you have any idea how your mama's worried? Do you know how late it is? Daddy, Daddy, he's after me. We've been Mr. up Nesbitt. and down alleys and clear down to Clark Street. I was about to call the police. The screaming woman. It's Mrs. Nesbitt down there. I'm going to give you a good licking. Mr. Nesbitt killed her, and now he wants to kill me. I've had all of that idiotic talk I can stand. It's you... true. You've got to be... Margaret, I'm going to lick you right now, right here. I've had enough of... What have you got there? Where did you get that doll? Why, well, I, I gave it to Larry. <laughs> Kids stopped by the house. I, I remember... Helen said she wanted to throw it away. Helen said to throw it away? He's lying, Dad. He gave it to me so I wouldn't tell about her. It was locked up in a box. He didn't have the key. He broke it open. <laughs> She's a high-strung kid, Larry. All the stuff she was telling me. He's lying, Dad. Yes, he is lying. Why are you lying, Charlie? Lying? How do you get that, Larry? Helen never let you have that doll. It was locked up. It was a present I gave her a long time ago. She wouldn't throw it away anymore, and I'd throw away the paperweight she gave me. Why are you lying, Charlie? I'm not. Don't look at me that way, Leary. As God is my witness, I... It's her. Dad, it's the screaming woman. As God is your witness. Leary, don't... Oh, God. Oh. Margaret, run to the house Phone the police and tell them to hurry Tell them we've got to dig Hello? Hi, Dippy Everything's fine. Everything's worked out keen. The screaming woman isn't screaming anymore. And they've got a lot of people down there digging her up. Hey, that's swell. Hot dog. And you know what else, Dippy? They're going to uncover our fort again. Oh, Dippy, wasn't it a keen Thanksgiving? Thank you, Margaret O'Brien, for a splendid performance. Miss O'Brien will return in just a moment. Oh, that Autolite Stiefel battery fable wasn't bad, coming from a fairly fabulous fibber. Ah, but you haven't heard all of it, Hap. Why, by Cornelius, Clarissa, that's my car, uh -huh. spoke to me again this morning. Thanks to you, she said, and that Autolite Stiefel battery, this has been the happiest year of my life. Why, even these cruel cold mornings, I've got that Autolite pep, that Stiefel battery get up and go. Well, Clarissa, I says to my gas buggy, you're the queen of the May, the lass with the delicate air, and the pride of Wilcox Alley all in one. What do you want now, my Thanksgiving precious? And she says, just to go to sleep out in the garage once again. Why, Harlow, you can even use my Autolite Stay Full battery for a pillow. Happy slumber and good night, everybody. And remember, Autolite means batteries. Stay full batteries. Autolite means spark plugs. Ignition engineered resistor spark plugs. Autolite means ignition systems. The lifeline of your car. 
And now here again is Miss Margaret O'Brien. It's been just wonderful being on Suspense, and I hope you'll let me come back again sometime. We will, Margaret. And now let me tell our listeners about next week. Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the famous mystery story, The Hands of Mr. Ottermole. Another gripping study in suspense. Margaret O'Brien appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture The Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. Tonight's suspense play was by Ray Bradbury, adapted for radio by Sylvia Richards, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, Suspense will present such stars as Rosalind Russell, James Cagney, Ronald Coleman, William Bendix, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the hands of Mr. Ottermole. This is the Autolite Suspense Show signing off. Good night. Switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. I think in your past life, Lisa, you were that Autolite spark plug woman. I, I think I, I could have been. Yeah. Does it sound like my voice? Try it. No, I can't do it now. <laughs> Come on, this is Autolite. Good night. I did it. You just couldn't hear me while she yeah, was doing that's, it. That was you, your past life. I'm telling you. Well, maybe it wasn't a past life. It was just, <laughs> you know, when I was a little younger. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> that was uh, the screaming woman. And uh, Margaret O'Brien there, Agnes Moorhead was the screaming woman. She played that part. And then Ted DeCorsia and John McIntyre in the cast as well. Uh, great story by the great Ray, uh, Ray, Ray Bradbury. Yeah, from November 25th, 1948. Sure hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. In honor of Thanksgiving, here's Adam Sandler. Tonight we start what we hope will become a weekend update tradition. Every Thanksgiving from now on, a different SNL performer will compose and sing an original song to commemorate the holiday. We couldn't think of a better person to begin this tradition than our own Adam Sandler. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. All right, Adam, are you ready? Yes, I am, Kevin. I've worked all week on my song, and I hope you'll be entertained and a little moved. Love to eat turkey Love to eat turkey Love to eat turkey Cause it's good Love to eat the turkey Like a good boy should Cause it's turkey To eat So good A turkey for me Turkey for you Let's eat turkey In a big brown shoe Love to eat the turkey the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. Fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey, turkey, D, turkey, turkey, dap. I eat the turkey and I take a nap. Thanksgiving is a special night. Jimmy With the gravy and the cranberry Can't believe the Mets traded that was strawberry Turkey for you and a turkey for me 
gobble, gobble dee, a gobble, gobble docky. I used to go to camp at Lake Wynn and play hockey. Come on, Kevin. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, it'll be fun. Okay. A turkey for me and a turkey for you. Let's be the turkey in a big brown shoe. Turkey we need and a turkey we don't need. A turkey and a turkey with a lot of stuff. Turkey and sweet potato pie. Sammy Davis Jr. only had one eye. Old turkey with the girls and a turkey with the boys. My favorite kind of pants are corduroys. Gobble, gobble, gee, and a gobble, gobble, giggle. I wish turkey could only cost a nickel. Oh, I love turkey on Thanksgiving. All right, there we go. That puts you in the... Uh, the mood for some more turkey. It's time for the second helpings, Lisa. Well, I think everybody's going to be having uh, leftovers uh, tomorrow night. That's right. <laughs> All right, quick uh, break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. So, Lisa, this show is brought to you in part by two websites that we have. One is ClassicRadioClub.com. It's a great club, folks. If you like classic radio, then go to ClassicRadioClub.com. I think you'll love being a club member. You can cancel at any time. You will get 10 shows sent to you each and every month when you join the club. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. And the other website is 100RadioShows.com, the number 100RadioShows.com. And at that site, I saw someone today ordered the Christmas uh, collection. There's a Christmas collection of 100 classic radio shows there. So if you order the Christmas collection today, when should you receive it? Instantly. See? Order it, you get it instantly. There's also uh, an all-time favorites collection of 100 shows. There's a comedy collection of 100 shows, a western, a detective, a drama, and a mystery. And uh, so there's seven different collections. Each one has 100 radio shows, and uh, they're instantly sent to you via digital download. Every single show is complete they are digitally remastered and sound amazing. And if you go to the website, you can actually see all of the radio shows that are in each collection. That's so right. you can kind of pick and choose whichever ones that you most prefer or get them all. Right. So once again, go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Learn all about being a club member. And then also check out 100, so the numeral 100 Radio Shows. Dot com. That's a two website, uh, two websites to check out. And uh, once again, because we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of texts at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred, we do have a new time slot starting next Saturday, not this Saturday. Starting next Saturday, we will be on from ten p.m. until three a.m. And every single Saturday, ten yeah. p.m. to three a.m. And unless no more Sundays, you know, unless uh, you know some sports may preempt us a little right. bit. That's our regular time slot. 10 p.m. We start an hour earlier on Saturdays. And an hour later. Yeah, five straight hours. So we're thrilled. We hope that you are thrilled as well. And we're so looking forward to spending every Saturday night with our listeners. Super honored that WGN is giving us full five hours on Saturday. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back with uh, Fibber McGee and Molly.
Gee, I almost talked over. You almost, you did, Mister <laughs> Mister Cochran. There. Oh, but you did. <laughs> I'm he'll, sorry, Mister Cochran. He'll forgive you if I, he were listening. He's a nice if guy. If he were listening, he'll forgive me. If he were listening, he's listening he would to our show. You. Come on. Well, we listen to his show, but that doesn't That's mean true, the opposite. Do. Hour two, <laughs> as I was about to say, hour two of the WGN Radio Theater in this hour, Fibber McGee and Molly. Going back to 1947, good Christmas show. We're going to get in the Christmas mood, Lisa. Right. Ready? I'm in it. For some Christmas I'm uh, looking stuff. at our tree time, beautiful oh, Christmas yeah. tree right through the window. Tree time, tree time, tree And time. our com. WGN radio is all lit up green, so we're yeah. feeling the holidays. Wow, yeah. very cool. All right, this hour, Fibber, McGee, and Molly. And then in our next hour, we have uh, a really great Richard Diamond private detective episode. They do their version of A Christmas Carol, Dick Powell starring. Uh, as um, Richard Diamond. And um, Luann texted in and said that she thinks I look like Dick Powell. What do you think of that? Uh, well, she did say that yeah, on a said, message. I look like Dick Powell. I have to disagree. <laughs> uh, no disrespect Man. to Luann, but I, I don't see it. You don't see it, huh? No. I mean, two I handsome do. men, for sure. Oh, okay. As long as... <laughs> Just they don't look alike. Just there's more than one handsome, for sure. All right. We're going to play our game, Cat's Pride. We Guess sure are. that song. We're going to be guessing songs, uh, Christmas songs from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, the era of the golden age of radio. We are looking for caller number five. You can call right now at 312-981-7200. Wait, we will be giving away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. Yummy. Call right now. Guess that song. We are going to guess that song on a special Thanksgiving edition of Guess That Song. We've got Laurel on the phone to play the game with us. Hey, how are you, Laurel? Where's Laurel? Oh, wait a second. Hey. There she there is. There she is. Hi, Hi Laurel. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. You Thank too. you. You too. So glad you made it through. We're going to have a special edition. It's music from Christmas music from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. How special is it? It's great. very special. All right. I think you're going to be great at this. The first song is from 1957. Let's hear a few seconds right now. There you go. That's Laura. It? Um, all you Laura Rock. Thank you. It's oh, not that wow. hard. Good Way job. Way to go, Laurel. <laughs> Did you ever hear Christmas music? No. Here we go. <laughs> jingle bell, jingle bell, rock. Jingle bell swing. It's a great Laurel, song. Laurel, I'm twirling you right now. You and I are dancing, okay? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> twirling you because I'm such a good dancer. In, you know what? In your mind, you're an excellent dancer. This song was featured in many movies, including Lethal Weapon, Home Alone 2. I was going to say, Home Alone. Uh, Jingle All the Way and Vanilla Sky. Wow. So great tune. You did a great Laurel job. Laurel knew it. Of course she Thank did. You. All right. We've got All one right, more I'm, to go. Stop. I'm not. Now, now we're going to take a pause. I just twirled her. Now I'm going to dip her. All right. Now we're going to listen to the next one. <laughs> okay. Keep your hands uh, where I can see them. Okay. Okay. Second song. <laughs> This is 1934, by the way. Wow. As we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. She is amazing. She's amazing, this Laurel. Sometimes you have to hum until you get to it. Words, but it's a bluebird. It doesn't have the words. Well, this version does not. Oh wow, it's a instrumental. Sing in the 
I can still dance with Laurel with uh, uh, with this no words. This is Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians. Wait, now Laurel just dipped me. Oh, that wow. <laughs> must be very she took strong. Over. <laughs> <laughs> so this was originally not intended to be a Christmas song, but the piece has become tied to the holidays. What a great dancer you both are. Wow. Fantastic. Tripping you, the light you. fantastic right there. <laughs> yeah. um, you are a winner, Laurel. You have won a Lumel Naughty's gift certificate for $25. Lumel Naughty's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza. Find one of their 40 plus Chicagoland locations, or you can order online at lumelnaughty's.com. You did great. Thank you so much oh, for calling thank you. in. I love your show. I love you guys. Thank Thanks, you. We Laurel. love you too, Laurel. Love you too. Bye bye. Really appreciate you, Laurel. And All right. she did great. She's got them both. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't have gotten take, either one of them. I know that. You know? <laughs> That's because I because I'm a Scrooge. Well, I did see, I did, uh, I did go to Goodman this uh, week and saw oh, Christmas Carol speaking right. of Scrooge, but I'll talk about it a little bit later. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was fantastic. Great show. All right, you know what we have for you now? One of the most beloved comedy series from the golden age of radio. Fibber, McGee, and Molly came to radio way back, Lisa, in 1935. They lived at 79 Wistful Vista, and they starred a real-life husband and wife, Jim and Marion Jordan. They starred... As Fibber McGee and Molly. And there was always these great characters that would come over and ring the bell and come in and talk to Fibber and Molly, including Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, who then got his own show. There was Mayor Latrivia, Wallace Wimple. There was Horatio K. Boomer, Doc Gamble. There was Teeny, who was played by... Uh, Marion Jordan, she played this little girl that would come over and kind of harass Fibber. And then there was the hall closet. That was the uh, running gag. They didn't do it every week or anything, but it was a closet full of junk, and someone would open that door sometimes, and junk would all pour out. It was uh, it was a very popular radio show, and we have a Christmas show for you going back to December 23rd, 1947. And this particular episode is all about the lost key ring. Here's Jim and Marion Jordan Uninterrupted, full half hour, here's Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. You know, it's a beautiful sight to sit in a room and see the red and green lights of a Christmas tree reflected softly in the luster of well-polished furniture. It makes the room warmer and richer somehow. Well, now your furniture will have the kind of luster that reflects the holiday lights if you polish it with Johnson's Cream Wax. You just rub on a little cream wax, let it dry a second or two, and then polish lightly. The surface will actually glow. Dust and dirt won't stick to your furniture or light-colored woodwork, for there's not one single drop of oil in Johnson's Cream Wax. Once polished, all that's necessary to keep that wonderful glow is an occasional light dusting. Clean and polish your furniture in one easy operation with Johnson's Cream Wax. Then sit back and look at the warm reflection of those Christmas tree lights in every shining surface. Use Johnson's Cream Wax to bring out the beauty of the home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. 
One reason things always look brighter in the morning than they did the night before is that it isn't so dark in the daytime. But a little tough luck that Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista had last night was not helped a bit by eight hours sleep. Listen to himself this morning as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. No more breakfast for me, kiddo. I got to get going. Not even another cup of coffee? No. Why, you haven't had fewer than three cups of coffee for breakfast since the big Taft ran for president. <laughs> I can't help it, Snooky. I got to backtrack myself to the Elks Club and look for my key ring. I lost it on my way home last night. Why didn't you stop and look for it then? Because it was blacker than the inside of a buffalo. The moon was behind clouds, the street lights were behind telephone poles, and I was behind $2.40 playing snooker, and I wanted to get home. <laughs> Your key ring? Why, McGee, the key to the hall closet was on your key ring, and all our Christmas presents are locked in the hall closet. I know it, but don't you worry now. I'll find them. I'll just walk back the way I came. Down to Oak Street, over to 14th. McGee? Huh? Have you looked out the window this morning? No, no. You know I can't stand the sight of daylight till after I've had my coffee. Yes, I know. I sent Maxwell House a Christmas card in Kara Burns and Allen. Good. But uh, take a peek out the window, sweetheart. I haven't got time, baby. i got to look for my key ring, so... Oh, my gosh. Snow. Three feet of it. It just stopped snowing a little while ago. Isn't it beautiful? Beautiful? With my key ring, with the key to the hall closet, with all our Christmas presents locked in it, buried under it? Why, it's horrible. Well, I gotta get going anyway. Dad, Brad, where's my overcoat? Where's my mittens? See if you can find my overshoes. Where's what are you going your... to do? Your key ring is under three feet of snow. I'll find it if it's under 44 feet of French fried frog legs. <laughs> I'll shovel the sidewalk clean clear down to the Elks Club. Or clear clean down to the Elks Club, as the case may be. Now, I'll find the dad if I hope that's Foggy Williams, the weatherman. And if it is, kiddo, you'd better leave the room. I got a, I got a few choice remarks to make there. Now, 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 the weatherman can't help it if it snows. Uh, he can predict it, can't he? So people will be prepared and not go losing their key rings the night before. But, darling, he did predict. Well, who believes him? <laughs> My gosh, if I ever thought it was... Come in. Hi, Miss McGee. Hi, Miss McGee. Gee, isn't this wonderful? Four feet of snow. Three feet. Well, I bet you it would be up to my hips on you, I bet you. <laughs> oh, boy, can us kids ever have fun now, though, ever? Ah, oh, fun, Patel. Well, Teeny, it's nice to see you. Hand me my sweater, will you, Molly? Thanks. Thanks. Now, where's my muffler? Gee, don't Mr. McGee like snow, Miss McGee? Don't you, Mr. McGee? Hmm, don't you? Hmm? <laughs> Look, sis, snow is beautiful. In a photograph of Mount Whitney taken from 45 miles away. <laughs> it's beautiful to a grizzly bear that's been Hibernian for the winter in a cave somewhere. <laughs> but underfoot and down your neck and up your sleeve, you can have it. Where's my overshoes? Hey, Mr. McGee, if you're going past my house, come on in because we got a surprise for you. The kids and me. <laughs> you know, Johnny and Kenny and Buddy and Ratty are practicing our Christmas carols. Yeah, look, and... look, look, Teeny. Mm -hmm. Some other time, I'd love to stand around in my overshoes and hear the exciting news about you and Kenny and Ratty and all them other... Buddy and Johnny. Yeah, but I got to work today. <laughs> so if you'll excuse me, I got to go shovel some snow. Oh, my daddy can't shovel snow. Hmm? He's got his arm in a cast. He cut himself shaving. 
He, uh, he cut himself shaving and got his arm in a cast? Sure. He said he was eating popcorn at the time and the bag fell down over his eye. <laughs> now, wait a minute, sis. He was eating popcorn at the time and yeah, the... Yeah, but he says it wouldn't happen again in a million years because... He don't care how vicious a dog is. He can make friends with it, rain or shine. Well, what that got? Well, stop at my house if you can, mister. I know you'll like the surprise we got for you. So long, Miss McGee. Bye, Timmy. If I walk kind of lopsided, kiddo, it's because I think I just had my leg pulled. <laughs> Well, here I go, Tootsie. I think you were a little rude to Teeny McGee. My goodness, snow is just what children love at Christmas time, and she was so happy at having this surprise for you. Surprise my clavicle. <laughs> Hearing her and them other kids sing Christmas carols is about as much of a surprise as waking up on New Year's Day to find out it's January. Now, let me see. Have I forgot anything? Well, I don't think so. You have your overshoes, yeah. three sweaters, overcoat, mittens, your hat with the earmuffs. Huh? Your hat with the earmuffs. I can't hear you. Earmuffs. Wait a minute. I can't hear anything with these dad-ratted earmuffs on. <laughs> what did you say? I merely said... Oh, clang, clang, clang. I never saw it to fail. The minute I get busy or want to go someplace, that dad-ratted doorbell starts ringing like there was a fire on the waterfront. Come in. Well, my goodness, Dr. Gamble with snow in his eyebrows. Come on in out of the cold, doctor. Thank you, my dear. And what are you all bundled up for, wet wash? You look like a sail going somewhere to rummage <laughs> You hate to see me dressed up warm, eh, Greedy? Need a few pneumonia cases to pay off your Christmas bills, eh? Lumpy, when I start picking patients in advance They'll have better credit ratings than yours <laughs> And I would like to add that as a judge of character You will never be re-elected well, to answer your question, Doctor, he's going out for, uh, to look for his key ring. He lost it somewhere between here and the Elks Club last night. A splendid project. Betcha. Do all that work just to recover a dime store key ring with six keys, three of them unidentified, a bottle opener, a lucky rabbit's foot, which doesn't seem to have done him any good, and an identification tag which says, Please return to Fibber McGee, 79 Wistful Vista, no reward. <laughs> However, good luck with it, Lemonhead. So long, my dear. That big old fraud with the little black bag wouldn't be so quippy if he knew that key ring held the key to the hall closet and all our presents were in there, including the one we're giving him. Hey, I better get going. I gotta find that key Say, ring. Say, couldn't we just get a locksmith to open the door for us? Nope, all closed. Holidays. Take the hinges off the door. I thought of that. With our hall closet, it's too dangerous. <laughs> you gotta have the key. It's gotta be so you can twist the key, turn the knob, and leap back. <laughs> well, here I go, kiddo. Into the wild white yonder. My hero. <laughs> Mills in the orchestra and March of the Toys.
Boys, this snow ever deep. Don't see how anything so light could get so heavy so fast. <laughs> I gotta find those dad rather keys pretty quick. It'll soon be dark. Oh, McGee, I brought you another thermos of hot coffee. How are you getting along, dearie? Terrible. I've been shoveling this dad rather stuff all day, and I can still see our house. <laughs> Give me the coffee, will you? Careful now. It's pretty hot. As cold as I am, I can't even tell if it's scalding. Boy, I could go for a hot buttered root beer right now. <laughs> Look who's coming, the weatherman. Yeah, walking around gloating, is he? If this is his idea of a practice... Hello, Mr. Williams. Hi, Foggy. Well, Mr. and Mrs. McGee, I'm glad to see you. Have a cigar, Mr. McGee? A cigar? Why, why, why thanks, Foggy. He's celebrating something? <laughs> Can't you guess? You don't mean... Oh. Why, Mr. Williams, have you and Mrs. Williams no, had... No, 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 Mrs. Williams had nothing to do with this. Huh? This is my own snowstorm. <laughs> I predicted it all by myself. Uh, <laughs> predicting weather must be fascinating work, Mr. Williams. No, thank you. I don't smoke cigars. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yes, I had rather an interesting time out west last summer, experimenting with making weather. Well, if you can unmake it, boy, you and me have got a deal cooking. <laughs> What'd you do, Mr. Williams? Move in with an Navajo so you could whip up some Indian summers? <laughs> no. No. I, I rented a plane, took it up 8,000 feet over a dusty ranch, and dropped 50 pounds of ice into a cloud. Then I landed to see what had happened. And what had happened, kiddo? I had killed a cow. Heavenly days, how unfortunate. Oh, it really was. The rancher was standing there, and he said if the ice had landed three feet to the left, it would have killed his son-in-law. <laughs> what was so unfortunate about that? Well, the son-in-law was a worthless lad, but the cow was valued at $600. <laughs> well, I must get down to the office. My assistant is watching the instruments down there, and he just called to report a rise in temperature and a warm front. Oh, just what does that mean, Mr. Williams? It means he should turn around and stand with his back to the fire for a while. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to both of you. Uh, same Thank to you, you Mr. Williams. Back to work, peasant. Quit leaning on that shovel like you were getting paid by the hour. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. What is it, McGee? Did you find the key ring? I don't know. There's something here, all right. Close to the sidewalk. Wait till I chip it loose. Ow! What was it? I told my overshoe. <laughs> Doggone it. I'm getting tired of this. Don't let me carry keys anymore, Molly. I can't be trusted well, to Well, now, we've tried it that way, too, remember? Hmm? You came home without your front door key the night I was out playing bridge. Yeah. You broke the big window, knocked over the floor lamp, put your foot in the goldfish bowl, grabbed the drapes to keep from falling, fell anyhow, hit the end table, rolled in the hall, and found the front door unlocked the way I left it for you. <laughs> yeah, but I was only trying Hello to... there, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Pull up a snowbank and sit down. <laughs> Hi, Junior. Oh, boy, what a day this is. This really feels like Christmas. I love a good... Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you a little lost, pal? Your house is down the street there. I know that, Junior. Relax. I lost my key ring last night coming home from the Alps. It snowed all over it, so I'm looking for it with the snow snow. Oh, I see. Yeah. Any further questions? One. One more question. Why didn't you clean off your own sidewalk? Yours is the only house on the block with snow in front of it. I looked on our sidewalk last night, and the keys are not there. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's no use shoveling through a lot of snow that I know my keys are and ring isn't under. There's plenty between here and the office that I don't know where the <laughs> keys are. You know, he's always very efficient, Mr. Wilcox. Well, I'd like to stay and help you, pal, but I'm busy just walking around getting that old Christmas spirit today. Gee, I love this time of year. Oh, me too, Mr. Wilcox. Everybody's sending cards and buying presents. And locking them in hall closets. Christmas trees all lighted up, wreaths in all the windows. Snow all over my keys. Ah, you know, to me, Christmas and New Year's Day are real Johnson's Wax holidays. To you, Mr. Wilcox, so are Columbus Day, Easter, and the annual convention of the Daughters of Notary Publics of Western Florida. <laughs> also Navy Day in the Kentucky Derby. No, no, no. I mean that with the kids home from school, relatives and friends dropping in the house, the spirit of hospitality is really at its peak at this time of the year. There's a hand clasp at the door, a smile on the face, and a glistening, gleaming welcome from even the floors and furniture. Ah. You know what I mean? Well, if we don't, we've wasted a good 13 years. <laughs> Look. Look, Waxy. Yes, pal? Go cringle your Chris someplace else, will you? I got work. I may have to shovel my way clean to the Elks. I got no time to stand here in barbershop with you. I give you two parting words. I know. Go home. No. Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, pal. And the same to both of you. Goodbye, Mr. Wilcox. Too bad we don't have another shovel or I could help you out a little. Well, now, you can just use this one a while, Tootsie. It's a nice light shovel. I mean, I I know you wouldn't want the neighbors to see your wife doing manual labor like that right out on the street, of course. And what business is it of theirs? I'd like to know. If my wife wants to help me out when she sees I'm breaking my back trying to give us a nice... Oh, 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 oh. Here comes that kid down the street again. Oh, teeny. Yeah, I better get busy. She'll start giving me that pitch about Kenny and Rally and Buddy and... Hi, I'm very busy right now, Teeny. Hello, Teeny. You having fun? Sure. Me and Kenny and Buddy and Ratty and Johnny have been practicing our Christmas carols. And Mr. McGee. What you want? This is if I didn't know. My house is just right down there, and if you just stop in a little while, we got a surprise for you, I bet you. I'm in no mood for surprises now. Best surprise you can give me right now is go on home. Yeah, but... Gee, mister, don't you like little children? Certainly I like little children. Don't you like old men? Sure. Well, okay then. So long, Miss McGee. Hey, kids, not yet, he said. I'm kids. Breaking my back, shoveling snow. Why don't you let the children sing for you and get it over with, McGee? You ought to sit down and rest a while anyhow. You know why I don't let them sing for me, Molly. My gosh, when I hear a bunch of grubby little kids like that singing Christmas carols all off-key with their smeary little pusses lit up like an Easter sunrise, I get all mushy. And start forgiving everybody for everything they ever done to me. And it's very embarrassing because sometimes I can't even remember what I was sore at them about. He <laughs> was, I gotta protect jingle myself. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the hell there, kids. <laughs> Heavenly days, the old timer. Hi, old timer. What brings you out in this kind of weather? My flexible flyer, Johnny. What do you think, I'm pulling behind me a bulldozer? My goodness, this sled. Isn't it awfully cold for you, Mr. Old Timer? Not if I keep moving, daughter. Me and some of the other kids, the younger crowd, are going out to Dugan's Hill to do some belly... <laughs> stomach busters. Yeah, I know. Buckle bruisers. Yeah. Want to come along, Johnny? I'll share my sled with you. I'll use it going down, and you can use it coming up. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> no. no, I got work to do. Yes, he's going to shovel snow all the way down to the Elks Club. 
it looks like. <laughs> Is that so? Well, different people like different things. Me, I like coasting. I'm going to try to bust my own record for the bobsled run at Dugan's Hill. Your own record? Said it last year, daughter. Went down that run in 13 seconds. Well, that's half a mile. In 13 seconds? Yep. May take a little longer with a sled, of course. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, wait for me. Got to hook a truck. Can't see you later, man. <laughs> Let's go home. You're worn out and it's too dark to see anymore anyhow. I guess so. What a break. All our Christmas presents locked in the hall closet and no key. How do I get into these messes anyhow? Well, I don't know, but you do it so easily, dearie. Come on, let's go home. Okay, I'm worn out. I'm beat like the seat of a jockey's pants. I'm as bushed as the left-hand Smith brother. And <laughs> now, dearie. Here, now, let me carry Mr. Williams' snow shovel a while. Oh, I'll throw it in a snowdrift. My gosh, what kind of a cheap snow scoop is that anyhow? Can't even find a ring of keys with a cheap thing. Well, who, 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 who's that crossing the street? Uh, why, McKee, I believe it's Mr. Wimple. Yeah, Wallace Wimple. Hi, Wimple. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see you again, Wimple. Yes, are you looking forward to a nice Christmas, Mr. Wimple? Oh, yes. yes. I had a wonderful time last night, too, Mrs. McGee. Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. Yes. <laughs> Sweetie Face helped out at the kindergarten Christmas party, and I went along. Oh, sounds big time, all right. Yes. She got all dressed up as Santa Claus and came down the big brick chimney for the kitty. Oh, Isn't that nice? Yes. <laughs> Somebody lit the most beautiful fire in the fireplace. <laughs> Just as she was halfway down. Oh, did she get hot about that? <laughs> Built a fire while she was in the chimney. Gee, what happened, Wimp? Oh, the kiddies loved it. They did? They'd never seen a Santa Claus with a pack of toys come through the side of a chimney before. <laughs> Bricks all over the place. <laughs> well, I'll leave you here. You're home. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mr. Wimp. One nice thing about seeing Wimp, with all the grief that poor guy has, I forget my own troubles. What was I worrying about? Oh, yeah, my key ring and all the keys. Hi, Miss McGee. Hi. Oh, oh, what are you kids doing on our front porch? Don't you know you'll catch cold out here? Now, McGee, don't be cross with the children. It's almost Christmas Eve. Well, gee whiz, can't they take a hint? They'll have to come in the house now. Can't have them catch cold out here. See, kids, see, I told you he would. Come on in, children. Close the door. Yeah, close the door. Come on in, children. Close the door. <laughs> you wouldn't come to my house, Mr. McGee, so I brought Kenny and Buddy and Johnny and Ratty over here with a surprise. Yeah, 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 sure, mm -hmm. surprise. Okay, get it over with. Sing it. Well, Kenny and Reddy and Buddy and Johnny and I were practicing our Christmas carols last night, and right in front of our house we found these keys. Oh, okay. Sing it in any old key I don't... <laughs> keys? Sure. It says Fibber McGee and no reward on them, and you're the only Fibber. Oh, my keys. <laughs> and after me shoveling snow all day long to... Oh, teeny. Why didn't you tell me you found my keys? You didn't give me a chance, mister. All day long, I tried to tell you. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, I'm sorry I was such a melonhead about it, sis, but you know me. I'm, I have to be a little grouchier than usual around Christmas time. Gee, why, Mr. McGee? Most people are a lot more cheerful, I bet you. Yeah, but I... Don't... Well, I can explain that, Teeny. You see, he's very sentimental. He's got to act a little tough or he goes all to pieces. Now, you take a Christmas carol, for instance. Can you take a Christmas carol, dearie? Huh? 
Oh, I love them. But, but, but I, I don't want people to know it. They might take advantage of me. Go ahead, sis. Sing me a carol. But don't anybody ask me to sign my life insurance over to him right afterwards, because I'll do it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Come on, Randy and Kenny and Johnny and Buddy. A one and a two and a three. Oh, 
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. All right, that is Fibber McGee and Molly, December 23rd, 1947. Jim and Marion Jordan starring in a good Christmas show. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Check out our two websites, ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And then also 100RadioShows.com, the number 100RadioShows.com. Check them out. Those are our two websites. You can get amazing quality classic radio shows. All right, speaking of uh, classic radio shows, you know, I had the great honor of working with Stan Freeberg for many, many years. I hired Stan to host a radio show that I produced many, many moons ago. Stan is no longer with us, but I got to be very close friends with him, and he told me when he came out with this album, Christmas Dragnet, it became a number one hit. It was a takeoff on Jack Webb's Dragnet, um, and I think you're going to love it. So let's play it right now. This is the season. My name is Wednesday. My partner is Frank Jones. The chief is Captain Kellogg. December the 24th, Christmas Eve, they brought in a guy named Grudge. When I heard what they booked him on, my blood ran cold. It was a 409-6325-096704. Not believing in Santa Claus. 4.35 p.m. I was working the holiday watch at a homicide with Frank. Hang up your stock on yet, Joe? 
Yeah, just before I come down. You too, Frank? Always do. Hung it up early just in case I have to work late tonight. Wouldn't want to miss out when Santa Claus comes, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure wouldn't. Be a shame. What you gonna do tomorrow, Joe? What you gonna do on Christmas? You got any plans? Nothing much. Why don't you come by the house, Joe? We're gonna have Christmas dinner. You know, all the trimmings. Mm-hmm. Turkey, celery stuffing, oysters maybe, chestnuts. Mm-hmm. All the trimmings. Cranberry sauce. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. The missus always fixes a plate of relish with them little carrot sticks. You know, olives, pickles, scallions. Most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Did you ever notice that, Joe? Ever notice what, Frank? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Mm-hmm. Scallions. Anytime after two, Joe. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see. The missus always fixes a plate of relish with them carrot sticks. You know them little carrot sticks? Mm-hmm. Olives, pickles, scallions. Mm-hmm. Let's not go through that again. Love to have you. Go through what again, Joe? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Oh. You noticed that too, huh, Joe? Homicide Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Smatter, Joe. Smatter, Joe. Bring the guy in on a 409-6325-096704. You, you mean? Yeah. Guy don't believe in scallions. I mean, Santa Claus. 629 p.m. We questioned the guy who didn't believe in Santa Claus, a guy named Grudge. Says here your name's Grudge, all right? Yeah. You said you didn't believe in Santa Claus? It's hard to believe what you said. Did you really say that? Sure I said it. How do you know there's a Santa Claus? You got a picture of him? No, no mugshot. Any fingerprints? Mm-mm, no latent prints. I just know that's all. It's like saying there isn't an Easter bunny. That's another guy there ain't no of. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your story, mister. Joe, he just said that to make me feel bad, didn't he? There really is an Easter bunny, isn't there? Joe? Listen, Grudge, didn't I pick you up three years ago on the 1492 for not believing in Columbus? Yeah! I don't believe in Cleveland or Cincinnati, either. How about Toledo? I, uh... I ain't made up my mind yet about Toledo. Okay, mister. I get the picture now. You don't believe in nothing, do you? Nothing. And you want to know something else? What's that? I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk right out of this room. Because you guys ain't got nothing on me. There ain't no law against not believing in Santa Claus. There is in my book. Let me tell you something, mister. I'm going to prove there's a Santa Claus if it takes me all night. <laughs> Pretty funny. The police department's got nothing else to do. Let me straighten you out, buddy. This one's on Frank and me. Right, Frank? Right, Frank? There really is an Easter Bunny. Isn't there, Joe? You know, hippity-hopping down the bunny trail? I took Grudge over to the helicopter, got in, flew around the city for hours. I showed him department stores. What's hurrying in and out of those department stores, Grudge? Happy people! But I ain't impressed! I showed him stockings. How are those stockings hung, Grudge? By the chimney with care! But I didn't hang none up! I showed him children nestled all snug in their beds. What's dancing in their heads, Grudge? Visions of sugar plums. But you ain't selling me. There ain't no Santa Claus. He still didn't believe. There was only one thing left to do. My job, get to the North Pole. 11.45 p.m., we arrived at the North Pole. I set the plane down. We walked over to Sandy's workshop, rang the bell. Pardon me, sir. Can I ask you a few questions? Why, sure. Just tickle me to death. What do you do for a living? I'm a brownie. What are you doing at the North Pole with a southern accent? Well, the boss sort of ran short on help this year, so he had to recruit a few of us brownies from the South Pole. Mm-hmm. That figures. <laughs> what a waste of time. Could we talk to your boss, please? Oh, he's out. You would come on the one night he's out in the whole year. Mm-hmm. What's your particular job, Mr. Brownie? My boss has eight tiny reindeer. My job? Feed them. Mm -hmm, yes, sir. What do you feed him? 
Well, most times I fix up a little plate of relish. Olives, pickles, and them carrot sticks. You know them little old carrot sticks? Mm-hmm. And scallions. Most, most folks, folks call, call them green, green onions, onions, but they're, they're really scallions. scallions. How do you know? Just a stab in the dark. The little man showed us through the workshop. My boss will be back for a second load pretty soon. Say, would you all like to hear an interesting story? Yes, sir. Will you see that huge pile of presents over there? Mm-hmm. Man, look at all that stuff. Would you believe it? They're all for the same man. Been piling up here year after year. Why didn't the guy ever get them? Yeah, why? Because he didn't believe in my boss. You know the rules. Mm-hmm, we know. I uh, don't suppose there's no chance that this, this guy can still... Get the presents? Oh, sure. He gets them all. The minute he believes. But I don't suppose he ever will. Too bad about that guy. What's his name? Don't say it. I don't want to hear it. Come on, Mr. Brownie. What's his name? His name? Grudge. The Brownie saw us to the door. Wish us a Merry Christmas. We were heading back to the plane when it happened. Hey! Yeah, Grudge? You know that guy I said I didn't believe in? Who's that? S -s Santa Claus? Yes, sir. You think I'm too old to change my mind? You're never too old, Mr. Grudge. Well, then I... I... I believe in Santa Claus and Columbus. How about Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Easter Bunny? Yeah, them too. And Toledo? I, I still ain't made up my mind yet about Toledo. Look, Grudge, up in the sky, he's coming back for the second load. It's Santa Claus! It's Santa Claus! There's the only guy I know can make everybody happy in one night. Yeah. He must have the biggest heart in the whole world. That's about the size of it. He was a genius. It was fantastic. Stan Freeberg, an absolute genius. Got to work with him. Uh, what an honor, too. And he was so much fun. We and I would uh, visit him, and we'd record in um, Los Angeles. He always liked to go to La Scala. That was his favorite restaurant. We'd go to La Scala, have a little pasta, and then we'd go uh, record. <laughs> Not a bad day. No. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more here on the WGN Radio Theater. And you know what, Lisa? August 1st, we're going on a cruise. Yes, Start we are. Start packing your clothes now. Oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Give me 10 minutes, I'm out of here. Folks, if you don't know about a cruise, uh, listen up, because it's going to be a lot of fun. August 1st, 2020, we're going to Bermuda, and Lisa and I um, are going to have a classic radio cruise, and we hope you'll join us. That's right. We're on Oceana Cruise Line, which is one of the finest luxury cruise lines around. We will be stopping in St. George and Hamilton, two uh, islands in Bermuda that we can go and explore. And we're going to spend a week with our listeners on this beautiful ship to wine and dine and have some classic radio fun, some reenactment, reenactments, quizzes, prizes, cocktail parties, uh, just relaxing at the pool, the spa, of course, the casino. Um, we can't. I am not going to be your cabana boy just I, so that's you know. what i need i no, just want a cabana boy me. 
Mm-mm. Well, nope. Then who's going to be my cabana somebody boy? Somebody else. Maybe somebody a little younger, <laughs> <laughs> a little more fit. No, I didn't say that. Just a little younger. Yeah, he could bring me my uh, my uh, my ties Your while mai tai. I bask. In I the hear sun. that the food on Oceana Cruises is amazing. We're Can't so excited. Wait. We really hope that you'll consider joining us. We have a great group rate. It's going quickly. We're working with a travel agency called Keen Luxury Travel. You can give them a call eight hundred eight five six. 1155 or you can go to our website uh, wgnradiotheater.com and you can find the banner for the cruise we hope you'll join us august 1st of 2020 it's going to be a lot of fun don't miss it we want to learn more about our listeners you can learn more about us we'll have a lot of fun we're going to eat a lot of food i'll tell you that right now. that's right a lot of food go <laughs> to the going casino to be a, a perfect week it's going to be so much fun join us in bermuda august 1st 2020 in our next hour we're going to tune in to richard diamond private detective my twin my richard twin. diamond i'm yeah, sorry Dick Powell. it just isn't adding he up and for i me. look exactly alike you do not yes in your again in yes, your mind we do. in All your right. mind stick you, around because that's coming up next right here on wgn hour three wgn radio theater i have an epiphany Lisa. Oh, no. I've decided that since we have a new time slot starting next week, right? right we, are, uh, we are on Saturday nights only. We're not on Sunday nights anymore starting next week. And we have a new time slot, right? We sure do. 10 p.m. I wrote this down when you told me earlier. Okay. I put it in my, uh, my abacus calendar <laughs> type of thing. You wrote it on an abacus. Right, right, right. That I mean, would I, be difficult. No, I wrote it in my notes. Okay. We are on 10 p.m. Until 3 a.m. Well, Sunday I hope that you're happy with the time slot that I, love, I got. For I love us. that time slot. I'm thrilled. We still love have five it. hours, and I it's all on thank Saturday night. WGN management. I want to thank you for giving us five straight hours on Saturday night we, where we can we play are, these we shows. We are thrilled. And I'm also really excited about the fact that there's no news at the bottom of the hour because we can play these shows uninterrupted. So thank you, thank you, WGN management, because we are really excited about being on the air five hours starting next weekend. I also want to thank Ashley Byhan because she is yes. our producer tonight. Thank yes. you for being the best of the best. We always find we it. We love Ashley. The best shows and it's always a treat to work with you oh thank you guys <laughs> but you know that <laughs> so here's the epiphany i had okay so we've been on the air about five years here right? almost and you have been right i would say pretty much every about, single time about what are I, you we know, talking when, about whenever there's some kind of a thing right like you know the, i say no discrepancy yeah i say no no it's this and you say no no it's that and then we and look it up and our listeners text and you're in. right and i mean it drives yeah, me it's true. a little crazy it's true that you're always right i'm sorry but so, it's generally correct <laughs> i have decided since we have a new time slot mm-hmm. i'm gonna be right every time now how is that gonna you're happen you're gonna be wrong every time how is that gonna starting work next starting weekend. next you'll weekend see, you'll see Really? So, folks, if you've I been betting, so. you know, when Lisa says something or I say something, mm-hmm. if you've been betting on Lisa, don't bet on Lisa anymore. <laughs> bet on me because I am going to be right you for know, the next five years. Your mind works in mysterious ways because first you were dancing with the listener. <laughs> Right? You're we were tripping a little, the light fantastic. Right? You were having some dips, and she dipped you. She dipped me. And then you said you looked a lot That's like... That's because I'm a real dip. 
Well, I didn't say it, but you know, that's kind of um, a little unusual to uh, picture yourself um, touching intimately one we of our were listeners. Dancing. Right. And then we you were talked dancing. about your similarities to Dick Powell, well, which again, exactly like Dick makes Powell. no sense in, in a normal brain, but yours look is at a the little picture. off kilter. Look at the picture I on did. Facebook. We have a fun we fact. Look identical. Look, look at our Facebook page. We have a fun fact. There's a large picture of Dick Powell. I see no similarity to Carl. You guys text so, in. Let me know. The if thing. You agree. I get George Clooney a lot. Exactly. You're almost I get like a twin. Scott Bayo. Oh, right. I get Scott Bayo. How about a lot. John Stamos? I mean, well, no, he's, <laughs> he's really no, great. He's too handsome. Just so we're but all clear, I, he's, I get, he's on the uh, list. I, now I get Dick Powell. <laughs> okay. And uh, I've gotten Peter Lorre every once in a while. You said mm-hmm. I look there. You know who you look like, Lisa? I don't. No. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. She's a beautiful girl. No, Sarah she's Jessica not, Parker. But I think she's beautiful. Okay. So there you go. Well, if you think Carl looks like Dick Powell or... There's a picture of him on our Facebook. Right, or uh, George Clooney, you, yeah, you sure. let us know. Well, I tell you what, sometimes when George Clooney is walking really far away... And his back is toward his us? Back, we look exactly alike. <laughs> because when you're about 6'1 and when broad. He is, when he is like... Like miles down the like road. Like two miles. Right. You, not, not miles and miles. You but, both have feet. But about two miles away, we right. look a lot alike. Very similar. All right. In Great. this hour, Richard Diamond, private detective starring Dick Carl Powell Amari. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> From 1951, right. where they perform their rendition of A Christmas Carol. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. But before that, we're yeah. going to play Cat's Pride Guess That Song. Right. We are doing a special edition of Guess That Song. It's Christmas songs from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, which is the golden age of radio. And we will be giving away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. Call right now. 312-981-7200. We're taking caller number two. Gotta be quick. We'll be right back. Guess That Song. We're going to guess that song. We have Phil on the phone to play our special edition of Guess That Song. Hey, Phil. Good evening. Good evening. Good morning. Yes, it's good morning. Hi, and Phil. Thank you for spending your Thanksgiving with us. Yeah. We appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks for being on and putting on Stan Freeberg. Oh, yeah, the that best, right? That the, was so that was much, great. So much I fun. I the album, A Child's Garden of Freeberg. Yeah, oh, I know. I know the album well. He's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. We're glad to talk with you on the phone. We've got a couple of songs. The first song is from 1948. We'll play a couple seconds right now. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house. Oh, yeah. I think I know this one. Not even the moms. Suddenly, I heard a strange noise down below. Okay. All right. Do you know that one, Phil? Well, I remember it, but not the name. I can't remember it. <laughs> do you know I it, Carl? I think I do. Okay. I think that is uh, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. That's exactly I think right. He's right. And he's I think right. that was by um, Go ahead. Spike Jones Spike and the Jones. City Slickers. That's exactly right. Uh, Let's hear it. But you got to say it with a lisp. Spike Jones. No, no, no. I, meant the, no, I meant the two front teeth. Yeah, because two front teeth. <laughs> okay, let's see. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. See my two front 
funny. So Gar- Don Gardner wrote this song. He wrote it while he was teaching music at a sc- elementary school. He asked the class what they wanted for Christmas, and he noticed that almost all of them had one front tooth missing, and a lot of them had a lisp. So that was his a lisp. Very funny. That was his inspiration all for the right. song. All right. We've got one See, I more. I told you I was going to be right. Every single no, time no. now what you for said, the next five years. Not exactly. What you said right? was when we Phil? have... No, no. I no, got no. that one right. Right, Phil? Phil? Yeah, you got you it got right. It. But what the the conversation was, if we have a discrepancy, okay. you would be right and I would be well, I'm wrong. I'm just going to be right about everything. Okay, let's see how that goes for you. Let's hear the second song. This is a great tune from 1942. <laughs> I think I know it. There All right, it that's is. it. That's it. That's what you got, Phil. Anything? What do you think, Phil? Give it a I shot. I think it's your white Christmas. I think yeah, you're right. Bing Crosby, that's right? That's right. Let's yeah, hear it. Yes, sir. I don't think that, guess that song would be complete without this tune. Right, yeah. Carl? Number so, one song of all The time. version sung by Bing Crosby is the world's best-selling single with estimated sales in excess of 50 million copies worldwide. Right. I think the second number, the second song bestseller might be Thriller. I was going to say, Michael I think Jackson. it surpassed Michael Jackson is what it You're did. You're right, I'm saying. This did, yeah. 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 It might very well be. Uh, Phil, you did a great job. It was a lot of fun uh, playing the game with you. You've won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate. And Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza. Find Thank one you. of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations, or you can order online at com. Thank you so much, Phil. It's so great to have you with us on Thanksgiving. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. We appreciate you. Uh, Phil's a big winner. Uh, we have a text in line, 312-981-7200. Just a reminder, starting next Saturday, we start an hour earlier, around from 10 p.m., Every Saturday till 3 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning. Right. We've got five hours every Saturday. Five we full are hours. grateful and thrilled and hope that you'll spend your Saturday nights with us. We're really excited to spend it with you. Yep. No more Sundays, but five hours on Saturday starting next week. All right. Time now for Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Now, this was a series. Here's the interesting thing about it. We talk about it in the fun fact. So... Dick Powell, he was like a crooner. He was like a singer, crooner, um, and they gave him a chance to become a, a, a very polished actor by letting him play a tough guy in the movies. He starred as Philip Marlowe in Murder, My Sweet, and then CBS Radio and NBC Radio and all the radio stations were like, you know what, let's try to bring this guy to the radio and play a detective because the movie was such a success. Well, NBC won out, and they created a show. They actually hired Blake Edwards. Now, Blake Edwards became very famous as the director of all the Pink Panther movies, and they hired a writer by the name of Blake Edwards to create a series, and he did, called Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Now, they didn't want to give up on the whole idea that he can sing, so they not only had him play the detective throughout the uh, whole half hour, but then at the end, he would sing a song to his millionaire's girlfriend, Helen Asher. And you know what, Carl? I was going to say, you know, you've been looking for the secret to success with women. Maybe it's right in front of you, right there. Maybe I need to learn how to sing. Maybe you should sing a little Ring of Fire uh, bo- bo- or something. Bo- bo- That's bo- your song. Bo- 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 it's Johnny Cash. Will that work? 
It might. <laughs> anything is worth a try. Right, listen, I'll try anything. <laughs> That's what I'm I'll saying. I'll try anything to break the glass <laughs> on that my pillow. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you're going to love this. Uh, Richard Diamond, private detective, Dick Powell, my twin, December 21st, 1951. This was uh, every Christmas they would take the whole cast and do their rendition of A Christmas Carol. And we have a broadcast for you now. Here's Dick Powell, Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Transcribed is Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, we deal in crime, but we're closed now. It's Christmas time. Hello there, this is Diamond. Every year about this time, my business takes a big nosedive. People usually pack up their troubles and start unpacking colored lights and Christmas tree ornaments. So tonight I'm going to tell you my favorite Christmas story. One I always like to tell. A Christmas Carol by Mr. Charles Dickens. Now I'd better explain something first. This version isn't exactly the way you've always heard it. Because of the particular type of characters I usually get mixed up with, this story is written to fit their talents and characteristics. Different from the Dickens' original, certainly, but we feel that this story could easily happen today, anywhere. Like right here in New York, on a little side street just off the Bowery. So now I'd like to introduce our characters. Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge will be played by my good friend and guiding hand of the 5th Precinct Homicide Division. Lieutenant Walter Levinson. Walter! <laughs> Otis. Hmm. The character of Jacob Marley will be played by one of Lieutenant Levinson's most trusted henchmen. Otis, that's you. Huh? Oh, uh, uh, Sergeant Otis Loveloon. Loveloon. Oh. What? <laughs> oh, <clears throat> sorry, Alan. Tiny Tim will be played by our corner newsboy. Hi, I'm Johnny Rollins. Tiny Tim's mother will be played by my red-headed gal friend. Helen Asher. The rest of the characters will be played by members of the 5th Precinct Police Station. Officer O'Reilly. Officer Leskowitz. Sergeant Miller. The music will be furnished by the 5th Precinct Police Band, directed by Patrolman Worth. Hi. And now, our version of the Christmas classic, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a nasty old guy named Ebenezer Scrooge. He was nasty, all right. He didn't like anything, except maybe all the dough he could get his hands on. Scrooge had a little business that he started with his partner, Jacob Marley. The outfit was known as Scrooge and Marley Loan Company. But one day, poor old Marley just up and keeled over. So the boys along the big street gave him a nice funeral, and old man Scrooge took over the business. Well, Marley had been dead for seven years, and Scrooge lived alone in his little room over the office, and for a hobby, he hated everybody. He had a young guy working for him named Bob Cratchit. Bob had a wife and four kids and made just enough to make ends meet. Scrooge used to ride him all the time. When he got so cold, the polar bears complained. Cratchit would turn on the little heater, and Scrooge would say, 
Cratchit, what do you think you're doing? Turning on the heat, that's what I'm doing. My fingers look like popsicles. I don't care if they come in six delicious flavors. Every time you turn on that heater, it costs me money. Business is not good, so get back to your work and turn off the heat. Oh, now look, Mr. Scrooge, I'm freezing. This pen ain't guaranteed to write under ice. I'm telling you once more, get back to your work. Okay, but I don't know why you worry about business. Why not just put up a sign and turn the joint into a skating rink? Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Oh, swell. Merry Christmas. Ah, humbug. Humbug? Yes, humbug. My old man didn't like Christmas, and that's what he used to say. Humbug. Okay, humbug. It's still Christmas, and I don't see where you get off not liking it. This is supposed to be the time everybody gets with it. Everything stops. It ain't much good. And you put your arm around the next guy and you tell him Merry Christmas. I'm going to put my arm around you with a hammer on the elude if you don't lay off this goodwill stuff. Look, what's with you? What have you got against Christmas? You show me a way to make a hundred bucks every Christmas and I'll fall in love with it. You want me to be merry? Well, sure. Then go get some of those joyous clients of mine to pay off their loans. Merry Christmas. Humbug! Okay, then. Humbug. But it's still cold in here. Have some icicles, but give them back after the holidays. They're my fingers. Late that evening, Scrooge went upstairs to his room. The room where Jacob Marley used to stay. It was dark in the little hall, and when Scrooge reached for the door, he looked up at the big brass knocker and saw... <sighs> Holy cow. Could have sworn I was old Jake's face in the knocker. I must be working too hard. So, and he went. A little shaky after seeing Jake Marley's face, but he just passed it off his nerves. He closed the door and locked it. Then got a fire going and started to relax. But every tile around the fireplace started looking like Jake Marley's face. Oh, now come on, ass old boy. You gotta get hold of yourself. This is ridiculous. I haven't touched a drop in weeks. He got up and walked around the room a few times, then went back and sat on again. He stretched, rested his head on the back of the chair. From somewhere, a bell started chiming. And Scrooge sat straight up in his chair. He heard something else, too, something from downstairs. What the... Oh, now, what is that? What's going on here? Who's that? Come on, who's out there? And all of a sudden, it came right out through the wall. Jake Marley. Oh, no, no. I gotta stop eating lobster. Ooh, it couldn't be. What's with you? Who are you? Jake Marley. Who else? You're dead. The deadest. But nevertheless, Jake Marley. His ghost. Oh, you are very sharp today, Scrooge, old boy. I don't believe it. You got eyes, ain't you? Yeah, and I got a bad stomach, too. That's who you are. Nothing but a bad case of indigestion. You don't think I'm a ghost, huh? <laughs> okay. Maybe a good scale change your mind. <laughs> Stay away from me. All right, all right. I, I believe you. You sold on the idea? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but why did you come to see me? Regulations. Every man's supposed to live his life and help his buddies. If he don't do it while he's alive, then he gotta do it after he kicks off. Oh, cut it out! Why come to me? 
because you're gonna end up just like me unless we do something in a hurry. Now I haven't got much time, so you better listen. Oh, oh, I don't want to be like you. I'll, I'll listen. Okay. You are gonna have three visitors. You are gonna be haunted by three spirits. Oh, no. It is the only way you can keep from being like me. When you hear the bell strike one, the first one will be here. Well, I gotta be gone. You won't see me again, but you remember what I told you. So long, Scrooge, old boy. Your goosebumps can relax now. After the ghost took off, Scrooge just refused to believe it. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Humbug. Then he climbed into the sack and was soon snoring up a storm. When Scrooge awoke, it was still dark, and the bell from the church on 53rd Street was striking 12. He lay awake listening and thinking to himself. Ah, just a dream. Ghosts. <laughs> Finally, he dropped off again and slept for about an hour. Then the bell struck one. One o'clock. I don't see no ghost. I knew it was something I ate. All of a sudden, a big light flashed in the room, and the first of the spirits stood before him. I Scrooge. Oh, Jake was right. Are you the first spirit that Jake said had come to haunt me? Yeah, you know it. Well, who are you? Me? I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah? How long past? Your past. Come on, we're gonna take a little ride. Well, where are we going? Just relax. I'm running this tour. Well, let me get my pants. You got them. Oh, they're on me. With that, the ghost of Christmas Pass grabbed Scrooge with the hand and they both flew out of the window. Scrooge nearly lost his upper plate, but before he could yell for help, he was standing in front of a dirty, ramshackle old tenement building. You know where you are? Sure I know where I am. This is where I was brought up. Even the garbage cans are the same. You had a pretty tough time when you were a kid, didn't you? The toughest? I wasn't very big. The rest of the kids in the neighborhood were. I had more black eyes than a crow. You want to go in? What for? To see your folks. My folks died a long, long time ago. They're there now. Come on. But the ghost took old Scrooge into the building and showed him a Christmas. Years passed when he was a child with his family. Sure, it was tough living in two little rooms like that. But Scrooge remembered how wonderful it really was. <laughs> What's the matter, Scrooge? Huh? Oh, I got something in my eye. 
you were pretty lonely when your folks, when they, uh... Yeah. You know, there was a young kid that came around earlier this evening and sang some carols. Gee, I wish... Yeah? What do you wish? Oh, uh, nothing. Come on. I want to show you another Christmas. The spirit showed him another Christmas, and still another. And you know, no matter how tough Scrooge remembered his childhood had been, it always seemed that Christmas was wonderful. And then before he knew it, Scrooge was back in his little room, and the spirit was gone. Scrooge was pretty beat. He climbed into bed and dropped into a heavy sleep. What's that? It's two o'clock. Hey, that light in the other room. I got burglars. Hey, Scrooge, come on in. Who's that? What are you doing in the other room? Come on in and take a look. It's pretty nifty. Hey, what is this? What have you done to the room? Looks like Basie's window. Where'd you get all the holly and the mistletoe? And how did you get in here? Do you like it? Oh, for Pete's sake, a Christmas tree. Who are you? The ghost of Christmas present. Now, don't tell me you don't like the way I fix things up. I work pretty hard. Oh, second ghost. Okay, take me wherever you want to go, but believe me, next time I try the train. Let's go. What do you see? I see bright colored lights, people having a lot of fun, kids on sleighs. See that building over there? The one with the big reef on the front door? Yeah, that's where Bob Cratchit lives. He works for me. Hey, look, there's Bob now. They're yeah, going into the house, up all those stairs to the fifth floor. He's got his little boy on his back. Tiny Tim. Yeah, he got polio last summer. Pretty sick with a boy. I know. Bob said he'd need a lot of care if he was ever, ever going to walk again. Come on, let's take a peek. Hi. Hello, honey. You and Tim have a good time? The best. Didn't we, Tim? Yeah, Dad. We watched all the kids in the walk on their sleds. Mom, will I ever be able to ride a sled? <laughs> of course, Tim. Won't he, dear? Well, sure thing, Roughneck. Next Christmas, you'll be out there doing belly whoppers with the rest of them. Dad, what's the matter? Your eyes are all wet. Uh, nothing, Tim. I just got some snow on them. You want some chicken, Tim? No turkey? No, but lots of cranberries. Okay. Can I sit next to you, Dad? You just bet. Bob, will you say grace, dear? Can I say something first, Mom? Of course, Tim. What would you like to say? God bless us, everyone. What's the matter, Scrooge, old boy? Got some snow in your eyes, too? Tell, tell me something. Sure, if I can. What about Tiny Tim? Well, can't say for sure. 
If his old man makes enough money next year to get the white doctor, little Tim will get along just fine. But times are tough, aren't they, Scrooge? Yeah. Now the spirit of Christmas present took Scrooge to many places and showed him a lot of happiness and a lot of misery. And finally back to his little room and the spirit was gone. Oh, I don't know whether I can take much more of this. Then a new ghost drifted in. This was the worst yet. He was really done up for haunting. He was all dressed in black with one arm sticking out and pointing right at poor old Scrooge. This was the last one of the spirits. Scrooge's knees sounded like castanets on a reducing machine. Okay. Okay, you don't have to tell me. You're the ghost of the Christmas that hasn't come yet. You, I'm really scared of. The ghost took off with Scrooge right after him. The city disappeared and Scrooge found himself on the outskirts of town standing in the graveyard. The night was howling like it was mad. And as Scrooge looked down, he saw... Hey, what's this? What's this stone? The black spirit stood still and pointed, so Scrooge leaned down, pulled away the bushes, and saw it was a tombstone. There's a name here. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, no. No. Look at this. Believe me, I don't want this. I, I know I've done wrong, but... I'm not kidding. I I really know what Christmas means. It it doesn't mean just today or tomorrow. It's every day. Every day of your life. I swear I'll do better. Only take me away from this. Let me try. Let me try to make Christmas right for me and and for everybody else. Please. Please don't let this happen. Give me another chance. Well, don't just stand there. Put your arm back in. You'll catch cold. Well, say something. Suddenly, Scrooge dropped to his knees and reached out for the spirit. But something happened. The spirit started to shrink. Then it collapsed. And when Scrooge looked up... What the... My bedpost. My own bedpost. I'm home. Oh, thank goodness. I lived the past, the present, and the future, and now I'm home. Hallelujah! Spirit! Wherever you are, believe me, from now on, things are going to be different. Oh, yeah. And thanks. Paper, get your morning paper. paper. Hey, boy, boy. Yeah? What day is this? It's Christmas. What's with you? Christmas. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I haven't missed it. The spooks did it all in one night. Boy! Oh, it's you, Mr. Scrooge. How many papers you got? I don't know. Well, here's five bucks. Five bucks. Throw them away and then go have yourself a Merry Christmas. Gee, thanks, Mr. Scrooge. And a Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) Oh, boy, say that again. Thanks. No, no, the other. Oh, you mean Merry Christmas? Yeah, that's it. Merry Christmas. Okay, okay, I'm coming. What's the matter with you? Can't you see the store's closed? Look, mister, the store's... Ebenezer Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Barney. You've been drinking? Not a drop. Well, what's the matter? Aren't you going to wish me a Merry Christmas? Oh, sure. Merry... 
Sure. Come on in. The wife's upstairs with her mother, but I got a bottle in the back. <laughs> Look, Barney, I know your grocery store is closed, but you could still sell me a turkey, couldn't you? What do you want a turkey for? You've been eating at the automat every Christmas for the last seven years. <laughs> it's not for me. Well, then who's the boy for? Bobby Cratchit. You know, the young guy that works for me. Oh, yeah? How much you gonna charge him? Yeah, here's 20 bucks, huh? Here's the address. And listen, don't tell Cratchit who sent the thing, okay? Yeah, okay. Merry Christmas, Marty. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Well, old Scrooge went back to his rooms and took an old blue suit out of the mothballs. He shook it out, put a few creases in it, and went out of the street. The old boy was really with it. Everybody he passed, he greeted them with... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. He went to church and gave a large donation and Father McCarthy nearly forgot his sermon. Yes, for the first time in his life, Scrooge was having a Merry Christmas and arrived early at his office. If he could just catch Cratchit coming in late, and he did... Bob was a good 21 minutes late. Cratchit! Oh, no. You're 21 minutes late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Scrooge. I uh, had a big evening. Oh, you night. did, huh? You know what I told you if I caught you fancy footing it in here late again. Okay, so I'm canned. You think you got it coming? Well, I'm too tired to argue. Jobs are tough enough, and I hate to lose this one, but I'm just too tired. A raise would help, huh? Well, that's the silliest question of the year. Then you got it. It's in the envelope. What? Uh-huh. Maybe... After we see how the funds are, we, we might be able to do something about Tiny Tim. Well, yeah. I don't get it. A raise? You want to do something about Tim? I don't get it. Sure you do, Bob. Haven't you heard? It's Christmas. Now go on home. Take the day off. Take the week off. Come back when you feel like it. Merry Christmas. Mr. Scrooge? Yeah? Merry Christmas. <laughs> And Scrooge really did it. He was as good as his word, better even. He made it the merriest Christmas ever. And later things got better and he took care of tiny Tim. And sure enough, Tim was out on his sled the next Christmas doing belly whoppers with the best of them. Every Christmas thereafter, all along the big street, it was said, if anyone knew how to make Christmas merry, old Ebenezer Scrooge was that one. And I hope that can really be said about all of us. Just like Tiny Tim said. God bless us. Everyone. That's it, Tim. God bless us. Everyone. Oh, Rick, that was a wonderful story. Not quite the way Dickens wrote it, but it meant the same thing. Well, thanks, Helen, dear. I thought you were good as Tiny Tim's mother, too. Didn't you, Walt? I sure did. And that's no humbug. <laughs> what in the world was that? It's Sergeant Otis. Oh. He's still playing Marley. Otis! Yeah, Ebenezer? Oh, cut it out, Otis. The play's over. Go on, call officers Riley, Lund, and Miller, all of them. Tell them to leave the punch bowl and come over here. We're going to sing. Oh, boy, I'll lead off. Jingle bells, no, jingle no, bells. No, 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 Otis. Rick will lead. We can join in later. Oh, Lieutenant. Come on, Rick. Otis, stop breathing down my neck. Well, I'm just waiting to come in. Otis. Oh, for heaven's sake. 
Snow falling down from heaven Making a mantle of white Sleigh bells are ringing Wonderful Christmas night Jingle bells, no, jingle bells No, no, not yet, Otis Voices that sing Hosanna Bathed in a heavenly light Everyone happy Wonderful Christmas night Otis Peace on earth Goodwill toward men Otis, stop crying Life on earth Begins again Joy in the hearts of children There in the trees candlelight All making merry Wonderful Christmas night Now, Lieutenant? No, Otis. Oh, let not... him sing, Walt. Come on, everybody. Oh, boy. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride one horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Merry Christmas, everybody. can now be seen starring in the Universal International film You Never Can Tell. Tonight's transcribed adventure of Richard Diamond was written by Blake Edwards with music by Frank Worth. Our director was Nat Wolf. Virginia Gregg played the part of Helen Asher and Alan Reed was Lieutenant Levinson. Others in the cast were Barney Phillips, Arthur Q. Bryan, Jack Crucian, Joel Samuels, and Jeffrey Silver. Listen next week for another exciting adventure of Richard Diamond starring Dick Powell. This is your FBI. The official broadcast from the files of the FBI follows immediately. Stay tuned. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the American Broadcasting Company. That is Richard Diamond, private detective of their annual Christmas show, a, uh, a dramatization of a Christmas carol. And the actor playing Scrooge right there was Alan Reed, who played... Fred Flintstone. That's right, Fred Flintstone in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, The Flintstones, December 21st, 1951. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. So speaking of A Christmas Carol. Right. I just want to mention, I saw A Christmas Carol at Goodman this week. It opened this week, and A Christmas Carol is one of those favorite holiday traditions that I see every single year. Goodman Theater does it like nobody yeah, else. Larry Yondo has played the part of Scrooge for 12 years, 
at Goodman Theater. So you should go see it. Bring a family. It's there. Uh, he's probably off book then by now. He's probably got his lines down yeah, pretty well by now. It's running there through December 29th. It was he's a, a great fantastic actor. He, show. He did some Twilight Zones for me. And Larry some, Yondo. Did some of my um, audio Bible projects and oh. things. Terrific actor. It really, the whole ensemble, it was a really special show and a great holiday tradition. I'm glad so you enjoyed it. I to mention that. Glad you enjoyed I it. I sure did. Go see a Christmas Carol over at Goodman Theater. Goodman, the best. That's for sure. All right, well, a little earlier, we listened to uh, my good pal, Stan Freeberg uh, in uh, Christmas Dragnet. Here's a uh, good old Stan with Green Christmas. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Morning, Mr. Scrooge. Bah, humbug, everybody. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Well, the meeting will come to order if you please. Are all the advertising people represented here? Everyone except amalgamated Amalgamated cheese. Well, if they're not here for the Christmas pitch, I can't help them find new ways of tying their product into Christmas. That's why I'm chairman of this board. Uh, let's hear it for me. Here, here, here. All right, Abercrombie, what are your people up to? Oh, same thing as every year. 50,000 billboards showing Santa Claus pausing to refresh himself with our product. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the public has come to expect that. That's and, uh, right. It's become tradition. Fine, fine. Uh, you there, crass. Uh, I suppose your company's running the usual magazine ad showing cartons of your cigarettes peeking out of the top of Santa's sack. Uh, better than that. This year we have him smoking one. Mm-hmm. Yes. It got Santa a little more rugged, too. Both sleeves rolled up and a tattoo on each arm. One of them says, Merry Christmas. Well, what does the other one say? Less tars. Great stuff. Uh, but, Mr. Scrooge... Well, who are you? Bob Cratchit, sir. I've got a little spice company over in East Orange, New Jersey. Do I have to tie my product into Christmas? What do you mean? Well, I was just going to send cards out showing the three wise men following the Star of Bethlehem. I get it. And they're bearing your spices. No, that's perfect. No, no, uh, no. No product in it. I was just going to say, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Period. Well, that's a peculiar right, slogan. Well, Old hat, Cratchit. That went out with button shoes. You're a businessman? Christmas is something to take advantage of. A red and green bandwagon to jump on. A sentimental shot in the arm for sales. Listen. Check the halls with advertising. fa la 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 As sure as there's an X in Christmas, you can be sure those are Tiny Tim chestnuts roasting. Tiny Tim chestnuts are full-bodied, longer-lasting. This visible shell protects the nut. Now with XK29 added for people who can't roast after every meal. Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim chestnuts all the way. Tiny Tim's roast hot like a chestnut hot. And they are mild, 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 mild. mild. Fa la 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 la
to live by, Cratchit. Ah, oh, for you, maybe. Can't you just wish someone a Merry Christmas for the pure joy of doing it? Why? What's the percentage in that? Let me show you how to make Christmas work for you. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And please buy our beer. There you go, Cratchit. That's Christmas with a purpose. I know, but wait a minute. Don't you guys make enough profit the other 11 months? Christmas comes but once a year. <laughs> Funny thing you should bring that up. That's exactly the point I was about to make. Hit it, boys. Christmas comes but once a year, so you better make hay while the snow is falling. Oh, that's opportunity calling you. Rub your hands, December's here. What a wonderful time to be glad and merry. Just so your mercenary toe. Buy and show all the toys, show all the toys up on the shelf. Just make sure that you get a plug, you get a plug in for yourself. A Christmas comes but once a year, so you better cash in while the spirit lingers. It's slipping through your fingers, boy. Now don't you realize Christmas can be such a monetary joy? Well, I guess you fellas will never change. Why should we? Christmas has two S's in it, and they're both dollar signs. Yeah, but they weren't there to begin with. Huh? The people keep hoping you'll remember, but you never do. Remember what? Whose birthday we're celebrating. Well, uh, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Uh, the story of Christmas and its simplicity is a good thing. I buy that. It's just that we know a good thing when we see it. But don't you realize Christmas has a significance, a meaning? A sales curve. Wake up, Cratchit. It's later than you think. I know, Mr. Scrooge. I know. On the first day of Christmas, the advertising's there. With newspaper ads, billboards too, business Christmas cards, and commercials on a pear tree. Dashing through the snow in a 50-foot coupe O'er the fields we go, sailing all the way Dick songs with advertising What's the use of compromising? Fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la The great Stan Freeberg, Green Christmas. Stick around more of the WGN Radio Theater after these words. Jim Toronto's up next. What's up, Jim? How hey, are guys. You? Nice hey. to see you. Give yeah. her a uh, nice we were Thanksgiving. just with you a couple nights ago. I know. So it's it's glad we're making to have this back. like a normal thing. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Good to see you. What's on the show? Well, I went to the DMV this week and got a real I, I, I have one, too. Oh, I have it, too. I am right. going so to we're both very real. Share. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have the official. They didn't send it to me yet. We got Piece of paper. Oh, yeah, you? I do. So I'm going to share my experience um, of what that was like because I don't think everybody should fear it as much as I think people are. 
Yeah. I think, you know, the bottom line is you just have a few extra things the, to show them, like a passport, exactly. and it's really the same yeah. thing. You're and not going to talk not about that it. for four hours. You got other things. Nope, oh, yeah, I got it. a lot of things. But <laughs> no, you, you, it was because I was there for four hours, so I'm just going to tell the whole story. <laughs> minute <Right>. by minute. <laughs> <Right>. You recorded <laughs> it. You're just going to play it back. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Black Friday, and uh, I got a bunch of stuff. Hey, I'm not going to tell everybody. I want them to stay All out. All right, stick around we'll because uh, Jim Toronto's up next.